Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. 2020 is going to be the year of preparation. 2020 is going to be the year of preparation. I remember pastor talking to us in one of our staff meetings and telling us about it, and we're like, we can feel it. It's exciting. Oh, we're coming into good times. Everything's good. And then 2020 hits, and it's like, what? What happened? Wait, I thought this was going to be good. Did we miss something? It's funny, I saw a meme yesterday. <laughs> and for you people who watch horror movies, stop. But um, this meme uh, said, now, um, it said something along the lines of this. Now, for all of you who haven't realized, for the rest of 2020, the months spell out Jason. From Friday the 13th, July, August, September, October, November. <laughs> and I, for y'all who thought, and it's just like, oh, no, we can't handle anymore. We can't do this anymore. So I've been hearing a lot of people talking about what is the rest of the year going to look like? We know what we've experienced from January until now, but what is the rest of the year going to look like? Everybody's talking about what are we going to do when school starts? Is school going to start on time? Are we going to have to do um, online classes? Are kids going to go half time this time? Oh my goodness, am I going to be stuck with my kids in the house all day by myself? Lord, please come now. Deliver me now. Are we, are we going to have a Christmas? Are they going to cancel Christmas because another wave of the corona is going to come up? In so many restaurants right now, different people are like, do we open? Do we not? If they say it's going to happen again, do we hire people or do we just keep a shell? Everybody is up in the air right now. Nobody knows, like, what's next? What are we going to do next? What's going to happen next? We've already been told that this thing is going to be getting bad. There's numbers that are rising. We got a presidential election. There's racial of uh, divide happening all over the country, protests, this and that and the other. I went to Starbucks yesterday and I was like, ooh, there's a Starbucks that's open. I don't even like coffee, y'all. But I was like, there's a Starbucks that's open. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I saw people sitting out. I went in and the bathroom was closed and I was like, what sense does this make? There's people out here, but the bathroom is closed. Some are wearing masks, some aren't. There's a lot of confusion. Nobody knows what's the right thing to do. They don't know if I should wear a mask. They don't know if I should talk to this person. Do we stay six feet? Or do I hug you? A lot of confusion. The sad thing is, is that all of us are looking to somebody to tell us what to do next. Because we don't want to be obstinate. We want to go ahead and follow the rules. We want to follow our governor. We want to follow the laws. We want to behave. Not really, but we want to behave because we got a conscience or whatever. But we want to know what, what do we need to do? When can we go back to life the way that it was? When things were relaxed, when things were chill, when I could, when I could go on vacation because I felt like it. Even if it wasn't in my budget, we're going to make it happen. Or if I could, you know, if I could go to the store, you know, I don't know if Bath and Body is open yet, but I'm out of everything. And I'm not an online shopper, but we need some hand soap right now. You know, there's so many inconveniences that have happened in our life right now. We're just trying to figure it out. 
Now, during this time, guys, people are lost in more ways than one. Anxiety is on the rise. Depression is on the rise. Just uncertainty. People are just trying to figure out finances. Are we going to be able to make it? We're losing our home. We're losing our car. So many things that are happening. People are lost. And our government, I know that they're doing the best that they can, or at least I think they are. They will enforce rules or laws just to, okay, we got to give the people something. Even if it don't make no sense, we're going to give it to them. You know, and the people are like, huh? What? Okay, that makes no sense at all. So you have people, they don't even know what news channel to watch. They just, they just don't know. But during all of this uncertainty, you may ask, what is, this, what is the church doing? What is the church supposed to be doing right now? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. So I want you guys to keep in mind, when Jesus came on the scene, it was during a very hostile time in history. Women weren't valued. Old people weren't valued. Children weren't valued. People were killing people for sport just because. People were not valued when Jesus came on the scene. In the Old Testament, the Israelites, they were in slavery, okay? They had been in slavery for 500 years or so, 400, 430, something like that, close to 500, a lot of years. They had been in slavery. They had been in harsh conditions. They haven't been, they hadn't had a voice. They hadn't been allowed to thrive. And then all of a sudden, there was a shift. A lot of plagues came on the scene. <laughs> a lot of people died. There was a lot of things that happened. And all in an attempt for God to say hello. Hey, kiddos, come back to me. I'm here to save you. I'm here to pull you out of this. But I need you to come here. So as Christians, this is a wonderful time. Pastor was not wrong in what the Spirit of God was telling him. This is a year of preparation. God is preparing his children. We, we are coming, we are making a comeback. Christians are making a comeback like afros and bell bottoms. We are coming back. You know, afros is cute while you're playing and bell bottoms are too. We are making a comeback like never before. And people are going to be looking like, oh my goodness, this is, this is so awesome. This is so... Guess what? Throughout history, it's happened over and over and over again. This is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. So the first thing that we need to do if we're going to come back to God is we've got to choose. In Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 7, the first thing that says, listen, hey, listen. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. You got a choice. You got to choose what it is that you want to do, okay? Now choice is so powerful. So many of us, it, it's crazy. So many of us have our different times where we're like, you know what, I'd rather not choose, just choose for me so I don't have to think. And God is like, you're not a robot. I've given you a choice. You've got to choose. You choose life or death. You choose prosperity or disaster. Now, the children of Israel, 
my kids, it's, it's so funny when we're going over uh, our devotionals in the morning. The children of Israel had a lot of choices that they had to make every day. There was a lot of rules and there was a lot of laws and different things like that. And, you know, they didn't always make the right choices. <laughs> they was getting killed left and right. The ground was opening up. There were snakes that were coming to bite them. I mean, I mean, all kinds of stuff. This side was rebelling and God said, be gone with thee. And you know, I mean, it, it was just, they didn't always make the right choices. And as you go through Leviticus and Deuteronomy, people just dying. And my kids were like, ah, God just killing everybody. <laughs> now, I want you guys to keep in mind the Israelites were God's chosen people. They were his kids. They weren't the world. This particular message that I'm speaking tonight is not for the world. It's for Christians, okay? We are God's chosen people, and we have a choice okay? We can choose life or death. We can choose the promises that God has given us, or we can choose death. We can choose to follow our own way. We can choose to follow the world standards. We can choose. And he says, here, listen, here it is. There was a lot of death taking place in, during those 40 years. And my kids were like, listen, why don't they listen? Haven't they gone through enough yet? But Let's stop for a minute and take a look at us. Are you tired yet? Are you tired of struggling with the same stuff over and over again? Are you tired of walking in fear? Are you tired of walking in a lack of peace? Are you tired of walking in lies or perversion? Are, are you tired yet? Now, us as Christians, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself, are you tired of walking in anger? Are you tired of, tired of walking in disbelief of what God has told you? Are you tired yet? Have you listened? Have you really listened? There are things these last few years that have come, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what, but there are things that have come alive to me in a way that I never have before, and I'm like, that's what Pastor been saying all these years. Why did I just get that? I, okay, I got it. Thank you for not giving up on me, Pastor Barbara and Pastor Fabian. Jesus. Help me, okay? Are you tired of struggling in your marriage, your finances? Are you tired of struggling with your health? Are you tired yet? Are you tired of not walking in the power that God has given you? Are you tired of not walking in the fruits of the Spirit, that love, that joy, that peace, that long-suffering, that kindness, that goodness, that meekness, that self-control? Are you tired yet? See, everybody wants the presence of God. Everybody wants to be like Moses on the top of the mountain. When Moses came down, the glory of God shone upon him. It was so bright. He's like, oh, Moses. And we, we, when we think about that, when we come to church and we get that real good feeling that we have, and the anointing was strong, and we felt God's presence, and everybody wants to live in that. But nobody wants to make the choice to go on the mountain for 40 days and sit there in the presence of God while everybody else, else is down there partying, because they was. They was doing a whole lot of extra stuff. We want to get involved with everything that's going on in the world. Nobody wants to seclude themselves and really listen to God's direction. Now, 
It's interesting to me how we as people, we just push the envelope. We go as far as we can go <laughs> until, we get, until we get in trouble. My, um, my little baby, I'm going to preach about it tonight. John Volley, don't get mad. My little Camila. I love Chami. I love that little baby. She was at my house not too long ago, and she kept messing with the dishwasher, and I had some knives there. And John comes over there, and he's running. I said, I got this. I got this, John. I got this. I looked at her, and I said, Camila. She looks at me. I said, don't touch that. And she goes. So I popped her little hand. I said, I told you, don't mess with that, Camila. She goes. <laughs> I said, Camila, if you touch it again, I'm going to give you papaos. And so she's like, dang it, I think she's serious. <laughs> so let me step back. I ain't going to touch the knives. I'm going to just mess with the controller. <laughs> we as humans, we just pushed from birth. It's ingrained in us to want to do what we want to do, to do what feels good. It's ingrained to us to push the envelope until we can't go any further, to see how close we can get to the edge before we fall over. And it's no wonder the Israelites were the way they were, because guess what? They are us. We do the same stuff. How many donuts can I eat without gaining two pounds or three or five? I'll just eat this half a donut. How, how far can I go without push the envelope? Okay? There's, there were so many rules and regulations back then in the Old Testament. People didn't want to follow them. But guys, there's so many laws that we have now. We don't really want to follow those either. <laughs> it's no different from today. Let's just make another law and the people will behave. No, they will not. You got to make a choice. You got to choose. You got to choose prosperity or you got to choose death. Second point. It's going to go quicker now. The second point is embrace the struggle. Deuteronomy chapter 30, 11 through 14. Embrace the struggle. This command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you. Dang. Don't you hate when God just tells you stuff like that? Why are you whining? It ain't too hard. Hush and do it. And it is not beyond your reach. Verse 12. It is not kept in heaven so distant that you might, must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey it. It is not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close. It's very close at your hand. It's on your lips, and it's in your heart so that you can obey it. Embrace the struggle, okay? We want to make excuses and say, I can't. This is too hard. It's too hard for me to exercise. It just so happens one of my friends is here tonight that's been messing with me for so long about exercising, and she in my face right now it's not too hard for us to do but we're like i i don't know if i can do that i don't know if i can go without watching 
stuff on Netflix that isn't, you know, PG or whatever. Not TVMA or TV14. It's like you can't watch anything on Netflix anymore. I was watching She-Ra, and it got weird because I was trying to find something to watch. It, 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 and I was like, well, let me check and see. It's a cartoon, y'all, and they remade it. And so I'm figuring, it's a cartoon, right? So I'm watching it, and then all of a sudden it gets weird, and I was like, well, maybe it won't get any weirder. And I knew in my spirit it was telling me, turn it off, it's going to get weirder. And then all of a sudden it got weirder, and I was like, why they got to mess up the cartoons? She-Ra is the le a legend. But this world today says, hey, it's okay. We're going to re reboot it and make everything new. And it's hard not to just say, Ch -ch -ch, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to obey. It's not, it, it wasn't hard for me to turn off the TV. My son walks in and he's like, oh, mom, you're watching She-Ra? Is it good? Immediate conviction. I was like, yeah, it's good, but you can't watch it. It's a cartoon, mom. I know you can't watch it. It got weird. Oh, man. Embrace the struggle, guys. The Israelites had some things that they had to go through, okay, in the wilderness. They were in the desert. They were in New Mexico, but worse. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal living, but they had everything that they needed, guys. A pillar of fire by night, a cloud by the day, manna. They had water. They had quail. They had cycles for crop growth. They had everything that they needed. Guys, their clothes and didn't even uh, have any holes in them. After 40 years, their shoes did not have any holes in them. After 40 years, God provided everything that they needed, but it wasn't ideal. It wasn't an ideal situation. Guys, we've got to embrace this change, this hard time that we're going through not right now. We've got to embrace it, okay? Because there is no change without struggle. Sorry. There is no growth without struggle. When I'm exercising, I thought it was the easiest workout in the world the other day. It was lunges, and I cheated on them. It was lunges, and it was, uh, what else was I doing? I was uh, doing push press. And I was like, oh, I can do this three minutes. I couldn't walk for four days. Four days. I couldn't walk. I was like, oh, my gosh. This is so bad. But, guys, there is no progress without pain. There are things that you need to put to death. There are things that you need to get rid of. There are some things that you need to let go of if you're going to return to God. There are some things that you've gotten comfortable with that you need to let go of right now. Now, my husband was telling me this. It's funny. Um, he was telling me that just say, for instance, if an uh, African-American person from Africa came over to the United States, studies show that that person would actually do better than I would, and I was born here in the land of opportunity. You know why? Because they had to struggle where they came from. They saw hard times. They saw rough times. They know, a, a lot of them know what it means to go without certain things, the luxuries that we have here in America, but yet we're here and we take it for granted. You can succeed when there is struggle if you will allow yourself to embrace that struggle. And you will allow yourself to go through the pain so that you can see the progress. The third point, 
remember Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. It's going to be real easy. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. He said so many times, over and over again, do this, remember this, do this, remember this, do this, remember this, write this down, remember this. You gonna forget? Pastor John was telling us the other day, he said, uh, Pastor would tell him um, when he was younger, he would walk out the book nook and he would forget what he was doing by the time, what Pastor told him to do by the time he got to the car. <laughs> pastor said, he said, Pastor said, Jonathan, you're gonna hurt somebody <laughs> because you, you're not paying attention. You're not focusing. You need to remember. Remember what I told you, okay? Now, the king, it was funny, the king had to keep a copy of all the instructions that God gave Moses. And he was instructed to read them every day. Every day, so that his heart wouldn't get proud and that he would not mess up in any way. That he would not turn away from God's commands, not even the, in the slightest bit. The king was commanded, he had to read these every day. Now, in the New Testament, we are kings and we are priests. We are royal priesthood and we are kings. We are no different and we have no different commands than God has given the kings of old. We need to remember what it is that God has told us every day. And the only way that I'm going to remember is if I get in his presence every day. I need him to work on me every day. I need a reminder every day. I tell the girls in my Bible study, if I didn't write it down, I'm going to forget it. I'm sorry. I love you. Not on purpose. I'm just not going to remember. This society is designed to make us forget because it's always shoving in our face the next best thing, the next exciting thing. Here, do this, do that. Oh, enjoy this. Watch this video. Look at this meme. Do this, do that. So many things that distract us and we forget. Write it down. Tie it on your neck. Write it on your doorpost. Write it on your forehead. Do whatever you got to do. But remember, if you're going to return to God, you got to remember him. But you got to get in his presence every day so that you can remember. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. I got about five minutes and I'm about to close. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He had pulled the Israelites out of slavery, guys. They had been there for a long, long time. They were his chosen people. He pulled them out with a mighty hand. Old Testament parallels New Testament. New Testament says, hey, look, pay attention. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You, it's your job to show the people God's goodness. But you can't do that if you don't remember. You don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. Remember. Open your Bible. Dust the, dust the dust off of it. Get into prayer. Remember. What are you supposed to be doing? Get in his word. He'll tell you. Remember. The last point is, 
Love him and obey him. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants may live. You can make this choice. How do you make this choice? I don't know. I can't choose. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. Now, many people say that you, you know, you can't really control who you love and all of that stuff. I beg to differ. You know, <sighs> I have this love-hate relationship with exercise. I be looking at other people's pictures and I'm like, I'm going to get there one day. Yes. Abs, legs, arms, weight, all of that. Yes. Yes. Now, I don't like the process because it hurts, but the results, your results, your results and the benefits of what you're working for have to far outweigh your present if you're going to give it your all. I'm going to say that again. You have got to want the results more than you want your present. You can't get comfortable. I can't get comfortable. This is the biggest I ever been. I can't get, I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Let's just be honest. I'm not, I'm not comfortable. I've never been in this place before and I'm like, I don't like it. But in order to get out of that place, I've got to be willing to do something different. And my results have to far outweigh my present where I am now. And I got to be willing to push through the pain. I got to be willing to push through a lot of things. And you know what? I've got to learn to love it. Because guess what? When I see the results, I'm going to love it. When the children of Israel seen God come through for them with a mighty hand, they loved it. They're like, yes, thank you. Okay, you're my God. I'm your people. And then they fell off the wagon. And then they had to come back. You can choose. You can choose who you love. Now, we've become a nation and a people where we're only concerned about loving self. And what pleases self so much that we've forgotten that we were bought and paid for with a high price. We forgot. We are not our own. Galatians 2.20 says, and I'm closing with this. Galatians 2.20 says, my old, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we're going to return to God, we got to remember these four things. It's not my life. He gave me this life. The first thing I got to do is I got to choose him. Okay? I got to make that choice. The second thing, I got to embrace the struggle because it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. 
The third thing I got to do is I got to remember. I got to keep his commandments. He is begging me to choose life, and he has given me the way. I just need to remember. And the fourth thing is that I've got to love him, and I got to obey him. If I love him and I obey him, this is the key to life. I don't have to worry about what's coming next. I already know I'm choosing him, and because I choose him, I have life. If everybody wants to stand up, We'll go ahead and close. Guys, this is something that we have to do every day. God has something new for us every single day, every day. We are human. We get dirty. We go through things. We have hard times. Things just pop up just out of the blue. There are obstacles that we have to overcome no different than the Israelites in the wilderness. The Bible says that we live in this world, but we're not of it. Because we live in this world, this world ain't, it's not easy. But God says, I, I give you the choice. You choose. I'm here. I'll give you everything that you need. I'll lead you. I'll be your front guard. I'll be your rear guard. I got you. But you got to choose me. Return to me. This is what this year is about. For the remainder of the year, set your heart on returning to God like you never have before. If you bow your head and close your eyes, we'll pray. If any of you tonight would say, you know what, God? I've been a step behind you. I haven't been quite where I need to be. But I want to come back. I'm scared, I'm lost, I'm confused. I, pff, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm just going through the motions. If any of you would say this is you, I want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray. You're in the house of believers tonight. And God wants us to come together as a unified front. We're going to support each other. We're going to undergird each other. We're going to pray for each other and we're going to watch God move. If any of you are lost in any way, raise your hand real high, and we'll pray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right where you are, guys, put your hand on the person next to you. And we're going to pray. There were millions, there was over a million people in the wilderness with the Israelites. But you know what? There was a lot of people that died, but there was a lot of people that didn't. There was a lot of people that were able to make it into the promised land. We're making it, guys. We're making it. We're going to make it. I declare it. I decree it today. We're going to make it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now for every single person that is in this place tonight, every single person who has raised their hand, including me. God, we are coming back to you like never before. God, we believe that revival is on the horizon. We believe that there is a move of God that is right there. We're right at the brink of it. Because God, right now, we need you more than ever. This world needs you. Our, family need, our families need you. There's a world out there that's lost and it has no answers, God. But you, you 
are the author and the finisher of our faith. You alone are God. God, we're coming back. We're coming back to you wholeheartedly. We commit firmly to you. We choose you, God. We choose to obey you. We choose to walk in your way. We choose to remember you. We choose. We choose today. We choose life. That we may live and our descendants may live. We choose life. We choose to be the light of the world. We thank you, God. There is no problem that is too big that you cannot overcome. I break lies. I break fear. I break perversion. I break intimidation. I break it right now over our lives. In Jesus' name, I break that spirit that says, you're not enough. You've missed it. You've messed up. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you are loved. You are chosen. You are called. You are God's chosen people. And God, we thank you. All disappointments of the past, God, we, we choose not to hang on to it anymore. Unforgiveness, we let it go. You are our vindicator, God. You got our back. You will take care of us. We choose to let go of the past, and we look forward to the future. We thank you, God. We praise you, and we honor you. We're coming back, God. We will not die in this wilderness. We're coming back. Thank you, Jesus. 